0: You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer, a
1: weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus.
0: Hey, everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we'll be discussing mothers and sons, fathers and daughters. My name is Ashley Parrish. I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Jessica Pfeiffer. Hey, there. And Dr. Ken Wilgus.
2: Hey, everybody.
1: So parenting a teen that's the opposite gender can sometimes be difficult. We don't really know and we're not aware of the needs that are significantly different
0: than our own. I feel like already I am going to have a difficult time parenting my teenage son just because he's a boy, just because he's a son. Mm -hmm. I feel like my daughter is so much easier because I know her needs and I know her language, you know, in in a sense. But Mm -hmm. boys, I just feel kind of lost. Is this Mm -hmm. normal, Dr. Ken?
2: It's funny because I I found my daughters much tougher to figure out than my son. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it is. uh, And as a matter of fact, I'm glad that you're asking those questions because Mm -hmm. these are um, for two reasons. Number one, this is a time where if you'll notice, the norm now is to really play down the whole issue of gender. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a, a culture that's really wanting to respect the individual. So, uh, we don't even use him and her that much. Um, mm-hmm. And so to even bring up the topic is unusual. But secondly, uh, it really combines two of my favorite subjects. Uh, I get these things stuck in my head as a behavioral scientist, and I just look for it all the time. The first one is obvious, which is how we translate our children into adulthood. And mm-hmm. that's what this whole podcast is about. And once you kind of start thinking about it, you just see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, what we haven't talked about before is my other favorite uh, pattern is difference between men and women, male and female communication styles and relationship sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two things you combine, uh, translating this child into an adult, and then secondly you add, and what gender is this child? Is this a daughter? Is this a son? And are you a mother? Or are you a father? That makes for quite a, a fun kind of blend of subtleties that you need to kind of keep in your head. Uh, in terms of understanding what is effective and seeing where things are uh, particularly problematic.
0: So then this kind of goes as an overview for male and female. So before we get to parenting-specific mothers, sons, fathers, daughters, Dr. Ken, will you just give us an overview of the male-female differences between connection and respect?
2: Yes. Most of the things that I understand about this started, at least, from one of my favorite researchers, a linguist named Deborah Tannen. I think it's T-A-N-N-E-N. She wrote a book called You Just Don't Understand. She has a bunch of other books that are great. But she just does such a great job of really outlining the way that men and women listen to communication, the way that we uh, are sensitive in relationships are different. And again, I know we're big into individual differences. So this will not be exactly the same for everybody, but I guarantee you the tendency is there. The first one is that when women talk to each other, think about relationship and communicate, they tend to be very focused on connection and intimacy. They're really mm-hmm. aware. You know, this comes up when I have a teenage girl that has attention deficit disorder and misses subtle social cues. Um, it's really hard in the world of women. Because if you're the girl that doesn't recognize that we already stopped talking about that thing uh, 15 seconds ago and now you're still on it, then we're kind of – we don't feel as close to you. You don't seem to be getting or tracking as well on what we're talking about. And that's Mm -hmm. really important to women is connection and a sense of intimacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, For boys and for men, uh, they also have a sensitivity to communication and relationship, but that sensitivity is mostly to respect or status. So the know-it-all kid, uh, again, the kid that for whatever reason is uh, tells all of his guy friends how to do everything, uh, teachy, uh, dominating, and so forth, uh, he's going to not so much be subtly excluded as maybe beat up, because <laughs> you just don't do that. Um, and so that if you begin to kind of understand how different you listen uh, for these differences, how men listen for issues of status and respect, how women listen for issues of connection and intimacy, it can open up quite a bit in understanding uh, how you evaluate relationships and to our topic today, how to think about uh, parenting this kid that is the opposite gender from you.
1: Mm -hmm. So I did a little research before we started this podcast about a well-fathered daughter, and it is said that they are more likely to graduate from college, they have higher paying jobs on average, they delay early sexual activity, they have more satisfying long-lasting marriages. Uh, But there were little to no studies about a well-mothered son. (laughs) So (laughs) is the father relationship a more impactful, I'm not saying necessarily a more important, but a more impactful relationship than the mother relationship with either gender?
2: I'm happy to give an emphatic no. It is not more impactful. Uh, Unfortunately, the reason that you're reading research like that is a big part of where uh, we're a culture that expects and um, can, if we're not careful, take for granted the involved mother. Mm -hmm. So much of the research you're talking about isn't just daughters. Uh, Those are a lot of those same statistics will Uh, relate to uh, children and adolescents who have a very involved father, boys or girls, have a lot of those same uh, statistics uh, in Mm -hmm. terms of success. Uh, The reason that we study that is because there are obviously a significant number of families with an absent father, uh, either physically absent or even emotionally absent, still in the house. Uh, and, And yet, this is the part that we run the risk of taking for granted, uh, moms are still very much there. Mm-hmm. Moms are still mer- very much the foundation of a family. So it, it's what you're seeing there is not research to prove that fathers are more impactful. It's mm-hmm. to uh, uh, look at the damage that is done when a father is so commonly not present.
0: Mm-hmm. So as young boys are changing into grown men, mothers can often fall into over their sons. How do mothers prevent that from
2: happening? <laughs> well, you know it starts by recognizing that problem, and we brought this up several times on the you on this podcast and in my book. You know you can't do work with teenagers without running into the most common really source of tension is most of the time a really involved loving, nurturing mother and and a relationship with her son. That is a particularly uh inflammatory connection because. If you understand it a mother will be not only caring for her child but it's part of her connection she'll need connection she'll give lots of just normal statements just reaching out how are you doing how did you do on that test who's the girl you're trying to date and and that's hard enough in general with a teenager because it says you're still my child and you have to answer to me right but sometimes moms have done a pretty good job in clearing that up but now she's just talking like a woman if you have a son you end up with uh, still the risk that he will see that as intrusive mm. or disrespectful, even more than a teenage daughter will. And the reverse is also true. A, a, a son that is distant and doesn't want to tell me anything uh, can be really hurtful to a mom. It feels worse, like a really bad sign. It's a, you know, a father can go on. He's just being a jerk. Let him go. But it's tougher because she really is aware and sensitive to that lack of connection and intimacy. So you can see how it really comes on both ends of it. Mothers are commonly talking in pretty innocent, female ways of just showing interest. And they'll with a son particularly, it really uh, grates on them. and but the reverse is also there. Boys can be really cruel. To uh, mothers uh, in the in the very way that hurts them the most by being surprisingly isolated, withdrawn, uh, secretive, all these things that to a woman says, wow, we're not close at all. We're not mm-hmm. connected. And it's really hurtful. hmm.
0: I can already sense that in my preteen son, like there's a shift coming. Because he is a boy and, like, typical, you know, always been mama's boy. You know, we've had such a great yep. time since the time he was a baby all the way growing up. Um, and now he's in this preteen. And so I know we're heading into that once he's 13 and he's a teenager that yep. our relationship is taking a turn. And I want it to take a turn. I don't want him to be a mama's boy, you know, as a teenager. And I want to be respectful of, of his maturing. Yes. It is. It is difficult, you know, for me in a sense, because I do feel that the distance, I'll often take that as a disconnection when really it's not. It's just part of the process. Is that right?
2: Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've been in my office talking to a teenage boy uh, and his mother, and they are yelling at each other, just going at it. And I'll stop them and go, "Uh, you guys used to be really close, didn't you? Like when you were a boy, like when you were eight, you were a good Mm -hmm. kid, weren't you? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, yeah, because when you were really close to your mother, it it is extremely satisfying to a mother. uh, And the withdrawal of it during adolescence is particularly painful to the mother. And the reverse is also true. The mom that can really read this teenage boy's mind, like I really know you, son, that's really threatening to his Uh, sense of independence and Mm -hmm. so the very thing that when you say he was a mama's boy uh, we you know a a relationship where we're close and I think I get him and he shares with me that tends to be the sort of photo negative of what can end up happening in adolescence if -hmm. you're not careful because that will come to a crashing halt because his need to be autonomous and a mother's still desire to be connected
0: Right. Well, honestly, I've never thought of the whole respect thing with a teenage son, even at 13. But at some point, you know, a grown man, of course, wants respect. And that's the greatest way that you can communicate with him and and show, you know, your honor towards him. I respect you. That's Right. Um, So it's got to happen at some point. I just don't know why. Surely I'm not the only parent who's thought, oh, wow, my 13 year old son needs to feel respected for me.
2: (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's commonly thought of enough, and it's a really good gift to to really consciously try to give that to him. Yeah, you, know, you can see it in your marriages as well. You know, you can watch the same sensitivity, not to the same degree, I hope. Right. But you know, a teenage boy doesn't like to be asked. So, what did you do today? Where did you go? What did you, you know, he'll feel that. But you know, even a husband can uh, sometimes husbands feel touchy. You know, like, I I don't know. I just told you where where I was going, and wives are like. Whoa. What's wrong with me asking? Again, you can sense that need for respect or clarity about are you asking because you're monitoring me or are you asking because of interest? You can see that in grown men as well as with boys. Mm-hmm. So it's a particularly good gift to think about giving your teenage son, especially as his mother. I, th- I like the way you put it, Ashley. It's a, the gift of giving him respect, and and how to do that is not well understood, I think. So
1: how can moms respect their sons well during the teen years? Specifically, what equals respect to a teen boy?
2: Well, the first step would be when you're doing planned emancipation, which Mm -hmm. is the whole process that we talk about in feeding the mouth that bites you, it's very important that a mother really examine herself and, and make sure that she is prayerfully telling the truth so that when you announce to your teenager, especially your boy, that, hey, I see that you are growing up, I see that you are becoming an adult, and I am I am for that. And I am more and more wanting you to have your own freedom, your own autonomy and things. I've seen over and over again a mom who will uh, kind of do the steps of it, but everything that she says says that she doesn't really like this. Uh, we'll give it a try, but as soon as you stumble, we're stepping right back in. So it's real important that she be all about the planned emancipation is really the main first step. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, and I think this is what's important with mothers, is that it can be really helpful with sons to practice dropping that mom talk. Um, Instead of teaching, uh, reminding, uh, advising, uh, you really want to practice owning your own experience and telling them how you see it. So that it's much more of that advice giving, but also moms often don't think about this. Take, take that you know, surly 14-year-old that comes in in the morning uh, and doesn't even say good morning when you say good morning. Well, you could either make a speech out of that, or what you may not think about is that as a mother, you might say, you know, I just want you to know you're not in trouble. But it hurts my feelings, and particularly as a woman, it hurts my feelings when you don't even bother to say hello to me. Uh, you're, you're, you're not only respecting him that I'm not going to teach you this, but you're also signaling to him that he's old enough to have an impact on parents, and especially there's certain things bo- these boys need to know about how that impacts women. And Mm -hmm. so as a mom, you're still his mom, but you are also more openly representing the world of women, if you will. Mm -hmm. And you can tell him that I'm just saying to you, son, as a woman, when you hold off on all this and don't share with me and stuff, again, you're not in trouble. But uh, I got to tell you that that really makes me feel distant from you. And it just kind of hurts my feelings. I'm just letting you know that I wouldn't do that a ton. You know, you don't want to be a martyr, but I think letting these boys know that they have impact is actually a way of giving them respect.
1: Mm-hmm. Dr. Ken, do you have any stories of parenting done well with mothers and sons connecting in the teen years?
2: Yeah, you know, I do. And it, and I'm glad you asked that because, you know, as I already mentioned, uh, we as a culture tend to take moms for granted. When you hear of really cool stories of parents and their teenagers, most of those are fathers. And mm-hmm. and that's not fair. Uh, because they tend to get an extra red carpet. My my kids, uh, you know, they would greet me when I came in, and you know, they took their mom <laughs> for granted. Mm-hmm, but that's yes. because she was an involved, always there mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gl- happy to answer that question. For example, I've had many moms uh, that have told me stories of where they deliberately uh, asked for help with something physical from their teenage son. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is really heavy. And you are, you know, you're in JV already. I need my big strapping boy to come Mm -hmm. lift this for me. Um, Again, he'll be like, oh, mom, I know, but you're just so strong. Again, (laughs) hearing that from his mother, but in that role, she's being a woman, you know, like, Mm -hmm. like when a dad shows up to the door to take his daughter out. He's also, he's her dad, but he's being a man. The same is not as obvious, but as important for moms to do with boys. Uh, asking him, your son to take you on a date, I think is a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. It kind of varies on which, again, you're tricky because it's even better if his dad will say, you know what? I think your mom would really like if you would take her to dinner. Oh, dad, listen, I know, you don't have to, but she feels really kind of uh, neglected by you. And if I were you, that's one man teaching another man how to deal with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but him doing that, uh, letting him open the door for you, you can start that when they're early. Mm-hmm. Ashley, you might think about that with your preteen son, is to before it's too goofy. Yeah. Um, you know, really ask him to uh, do some of that. And then lastly, like I already mentioned, I think it's definitely time, uh, whether he l- uh, loves hearing it uh, or not, it is important to really uh, when moms have talked to their sons. I've had moms had really good talks with their sons. About um, the way that she felt uh, about something, or even more importantly, things that he did that really made her feel good. Um, that, that you know, men stumble across doing well with a woman; they don't even know they mm-hmm. did it. So, I've had moms that have you know come in and and told their son, "Hey, no, you're not in trouble. I just wanted to tell you that." Yesterday when I was getting, you know, trying to deal with your sister and you said that just made me feel great. I just I really it means a lot to me that you would do. Those are the kind of things that Mm -hmm. uh, show that demonstrate that you are, in fact, powerful. You are Mm -hmm. uh, you have impact rather than you're so you're good. Good for you. You're so smart. That's still a kind of motherly way of doing it. Um, It is pretty much demonstrating the impact that you have. So uh, I've had some really fun stories of that where moms were particularly creative in uh, allowing herself to have a relationship with her son that shows uh, his impact on her as a woman.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I can relate to that because I remember the day that I called my son into the bedroom and said kill that roach for me you're that man around here <laughs> and he did it and i said you know high-fived him and said i'm so glad you were here
2: <laughs> and, and you know it's the little mind, things i don't mind if you're not actually afraid of roaches and turn it on <laughs> fine with me you're seeking uh, safe.
1: i know but it does it does make him feel like he's a c- contributor that somehow he is um protecting his his very vulnerable mother um but also just makes him feel respected for his ability to take care of people. And I think that's important to a man. So I've had,
2: I've had moms in an argument with their teenage daughter about whether this thing is appropriate to wear. And she'll ask the older brother, hey, come here, come here. What do you say about what she's wearing? And you have to know which teenage boy you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But a significant number of them have already that protective feeling for their sister. Mm-hmm. And so asking for his help in the things that he is competent to do is basically the best stories of how moms really empower um, their sons Uh, but in the long run planned emancipation really carried out by a mom with her son is probably the pinnacle gift that you can give to a son because it's easier for dads to give it uh, to really come to a point of saying look you no longer answer to me about these things It is harder for moms to do it, to even remember to do it. And when she's able to do it, I've had many moms do that. It's just really powerful. They have a long-term relationship with their mother. Uh, It helps them uh, be a better husband. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is a, a super powerful gift that she can give.
1: Thanks for joining us today for part one. Please join us again next week.
0: Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at feedingthemouth. We appreciate
1: you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.